The first reading is from Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, and it can be found on page 1, 2, 3, 4 of the Church Bibles. <coughs> That's Revelation 2, beginning at the first verse. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at the first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favour. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The second reading can be found on page 1173 of the Church Bibles. It's taken from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. We are made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lucy and Gwenda. Um, we are beginning a new sermon series this morning from Revelation. We've called it Christ's Letters to the Churches. And Mark is going to begin the sermon series this morning. Um, so Mark Beard, you're up. <laughs> may I pray for you? You may. <laughs> Please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, 
expressing your love to Mark by making yourself known to him and calling him to you all those years ago. I thank you, Lord, for the words that you have given him, the thoughts you have given him this week as he prepared for the sermon. And I pray now for all of us that you will use what he has prepared to speak what you want to speak to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, thank you all. Um, happy Christmas. And, uh, and just a slight apology in advance that um, because it's a new series, I will try to do an introduction and then talk on the, on the message of today. So uh, maybe a little bit longer than any of us would really like, including me. <laughs> anyway, happy Christmas. The, the great thing about Christmas for us is uh, dressing up the house and, and uh, every Christmas... I try to buy the most enormous Christmas tree that we can possibly fit in in our library. And, uh, and I go on December 1st down to a new Covent Garden and in the Land Rover and shove a great big hunk of, of, of tree in, in and we try to squeeze it into the library. But there's one very distinctive thing about our tree, at least fairly distinctive in this country, and that is that we have real candles on the tree, which is beautiful absolutely beautiful and uh, to sit in the candlelight when all when the tree is lit is is just a marvelous thing um but you know the candles are not very good at lighting up the room and so we also have not surprisingly a set of uh, christmas tree lights the new led ones that are very bright and so um this story this revelation that is given to john is really a little bit like the story of our Christmas tree, because in chapter 1, it talks about the, a son of man walking, a vision that John sees is of son of man walking between lampstands, seven lampstands, which represent the seven churches. And if you just think for a moment, lampstands, think of Roman times, you're talking oil lamps, you're talking candles, effectively. And here, this Son of Man walks between these these lampstands that represent the seven churches, and in his hand, he has seven stars, seven bright stars, which represent the seven angels of the churches. And you just have this sense of, oh, there is an upgrade coming. Get rid of the candles. Here come the stars the bright light shining. And in that opening chapter of Revelation, there is this kind of promise. There is this sense of something new is about to happen in these churches. Something great is going to happen. Chapter 2, we come to Ephesus. The first, uh, the the reading, the, the first of our readings. Ephesus is already a very special church. It's the church that... Paul said, you are rooted and established in love. Wouldn't that be wonderful if Paul was to write a letter to St. Michael's? You are rooted and established in love. It is the church where the Apostle John is. That was his church. At the time of this writing, he's been banished to the Isle of Patmos, which is a few miles off the coast, but it's just off the coast of Ephesus. John, the beloved disciple, was from Ephesus. And as tradition would have it, John, having taken care of Mary, the mother of Jesus, it was also the church of Mary. It was the church where Mary went 
uh, after they left Jerusalem. This is Ephesus. And yet, in this opening chapter, the Spirit, the messenger, the Son of Man who walked between the candlesticks, says, Ephesus, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Not only will you not get the upgrade, your curtains, you're, you're finished, you're toast. If you will not repent, what could possibly be going wrong in Ephesus? So, chapter 2 is a review of the church. And what we hear is they're not doctrinally in error. They have tested and caught out false prophets. They've not slack or lazy, it says. Verse 2, we know your hard works and your deeds. They're not faint-hearted. Verse 3 says, not grown weary. Verse 2, they persevere. they endure hardship. They're not wayward. They hate the practice of the Nicolaitans uh, in verse 6. They cannot tolerate wickedness, says verse 2. This is a clean bill of health. And yet verse 4 says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Christianity is a love story. Take the love out of it and you have nothing. Imagine Sleepless in Seattle without that scene at the end at the top of the Empire State Building. It's just inconceivable. Take love out of Christianity and you have nothing. So let's talk about forsaking your first love. Romance often dies in some marriages. It's a, it's a shame, but uh, it does. And um, a marriage can grow stale. Uh, Helen Rowland, in her 1922 Guide to Men, put it like this. A husband is what's left of a lover after the nerve has been extracted. You can laugh, by the way. <laughs> A husband is what's left of a lover after the nerve has been extracted. Um, you know, when I was a young Christian, I um, lived about five miles away from the church that I attended. I was just a, a young teenager. And, and I'd take the bus to church, and, um, but often I would run out of pocket money. Um, and on those occasions, I would, I would walk those five miles to church, walk five miles to church, walk five miles back. I was so hungry for fellowship, um, for the preaching of the word, for encouragement, that I thought nothing of those five miles, ten miles actually, round trip. Uh, We then moved house, and I was ten miles away. And uh, and the peculiar thing is, of course, ten miles away, the bus fare is even more expensive. So I used to run out of pocket money more often but nevertheless, I would, on a Sunday, I would make that round trip of, of 20 miles. Um, 10 miles there and 10 miles back. We now live about less than a quarter of a mile from the church. And um, I know it takes 12 minutes to walk here, only because I've checked it out on Google. Because we never walk. We always take the car. And we never get here on time. Or, we, or just about on time. 
um, I just feel that it's a picture. It's, it doesn't matter uh, really how you get to church, but it is a picture of how we can be so arduous for God in, in the early days and somehow, nevertheless, we might forsake our first love. It's just a picture. Well, you might say, well, it's, it's an inevitable cooling off. Circumstances, life, families, illness come in the way. Well, on a similar vein, I just want to commend uh, Michael and Elizabeth Fenny. I know they're here. I did see them. I mean, I, I can't believe how far you guys come each Sunday to church to come and serve us. I commend you, Michael. As I say, it's not about how far we travel. But nevertheless, it is something about our commitment to God and our commitment to each other. Likewise, should there be a cooling off of our love for Jesus? Um, My late wife, Meta, when she was dying, uh, had gone through uh, two lots of chemotherapy, radiotherapy. Um, She'd had two um, surgeries, and then finally she had brain surgery. And in those last days, um, I would often get up. I got up early, about 6 o'clock. I would often get up, and she'd already been up for a couple of hours, sitting um, with her Bible, with headphones on, and worship music playing on her iPad. And she would be praying, and there would be tears of joy coming down her cheeks. There was no cooling off with Meta. There was no... Um, forsaking her first love. And that's how, I don't know about you, but that's how I want to go. I want to be in love with Jesus at the end. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, said Paul? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, danger or sword? No. No, no, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I think we can and we should expect to rekindle that first love that we had. The self-proclaimed love queen has this to say about rekindling love in marriage. Five ways to bring back the love. Say I love you and mean it. Saying I love you every day is important. Touching and cuddling raises oxytocin which makes us more bonded to one another. Do new things together, number two. Always keep doing interesting things, exciting things like riding the roller coaster or do some farming together. (laughs) Number three, make love more often. This is a family service, so I will just park that one. (laughs) Number four, give a new compliment to one another every day. Number five, and here I think she really has something. Remember. Remember when you just started dating, you would go the extra mile to shower, shave, put on makeup, or choose a nice dress. Aside from grooming, you also need to show your love to your partner in acts of love. You need to still date her and buy her flowers. If you want the kind of love you see in the movies, you need to work for it. Remember. What does John, or what does Jesus say through John to the Ephesians? He gives them three steps. He says, first of all, consider 
how far you have fallen. Verse 5. New Year is a good time to take stock. Um, there are, it's a time when people make New Year's resolutions. Uh, I picked up a couple that I thought were particularly good this year. Um, my goal was to lose 10 pounds this year. Only 15 to go. My 2019 resolution was to have a fat bank balance and a thin body. My 2020 resolution is not to mix them up this time. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, each of us received this from Tim Mullins. Um, this was Tim Mullins' New Year's spiritual health check. Six marks of a healthy and wise Christian. Um, I've used it pretty much every time I've got a new diary um, uh, these last four years. And each year I go through and do an inventory against these categories. The categories are love for the Lord Jesus Christ, number two, a hunger for the Bible, three, compassion for the lost, number four, a commitment to the church, number five, growth in godliness, and number six, a devotion to prayer. I'm not going to tell you what my scores have been over the last few years, except to say that between 2017 and 2018, I did climb um, three-tenths of a point out of ten, so 3% improvement. Uh, my lowest score uh, 2018 was a two, and my highest score was an eight. Um, this year, I have improved on one category, and that is the category of Bible reading. Last year, I scored particularly low on my love for the Bible. I, I grow, um, and so I uh, got myself a, a Bible in a year, one of those where, where the Bible's cut up into 365 chunks, and you can read it in one year. Um, you know, to be honest, I've got, um, at the end of this year, I've only got as far as June, so... But that's a, that's a whole lot better. I, last year I gave myself a four, and this year I've given myself a five. I think I've, I think I've got somewhere. Second step. Turn around. Go back. Repent. Remember uh, what the love queen said. She said, remember. Remember your first love. Remember the actions you used to do. Now, do actions follow feelings or do feelings follow actions? This is what John, in writing his gospel, says. He says both. He says that Jesus said in verse 15 of John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commands. Six verses later, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. You used to buy her flowers, because you were in love. But if you want to rekindle love, do those things you did at first, says John. Either way, still buy other flowers. Don't stand in front of the shop thinking, well, I'm a, do I really feel that love and should I buy the flowers? Buy the flowers, you muppet. Get. <laughs> you buy them because you love her and Doing that increases love for her. So repent, turn around, 
go back. Third step, do the things you did at first. So maybe for you, like me, it's Bible reading, and you need to get that Bible in a year. And maybe, unlike me, maybe you'll get through it in a year, or maybe you'll be calling it the Bible in two years. Actually, at the end of next year, I might be calling it the Bible in three years. Who knows? Um, But start to work on the things. Start to work through these categories. Maybe it's prayer that you struggle with. Well, then get along to the quiet day on the 11th of January. Get alongside some of the finest prayers in this church. Just rubbing shoulders with them it will, will rub something off onto you. Maybe it's acts of mercy that you need to concentrate on. Well, there are plenty of opportunities. St. James the Less, every other Friday, has a homeless meal. Go along and volunteer. It's, it's great. You know, I visited uh, Mary Begg uh, last week. Um, and I asked her, oh, who's been around to see you, Mary? Um, Mary's been sick since the summer. And she said, well, Guy, uh, Guy's been around. That's for those of you that Guy's our curate. He's paid to go around and see the sick. She's been sick since the summer, and she hasn't seen anybody. Now, that's Mary. She may have forgotten, okay, that she's seen some people. But rekindle your first love. Do the things you did at first. Now, for some of you, maybe you've never done these things. Maybe you've never really had these practices in your life. And then for you, then you must, absolutely must come on the Alpha course. Because as well as talking about what Christianity is, how we become a Christian, it talks about many of the Christian practices. Why and how do I pray? Why and how do I read the Bible? How does God guide us? How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? How can I resist evil? How can I make the most of the rest of my life? I mean, I'm excited about just covering these topics myself, and I'm supposed to be teaching it. So do come along to Alpha. I, I implore you to do that. If you feel that you can, to any of those, any of those categories, you could say, well, I don't really know how to do that. Come along to Alpha. Finally, I very much, this is the start of a new series, and it's about the letters to the churches. Obviously, what I've talked about has been very personal. Personal to me, personal to you. It's been about our own spiritual health check. But let me just um, read. And don't, please don't turn to it particularly. But Well, you can if you want to. It's uh, um, Romans 12, uh, verses 3 to 9. How does God turn churches around? He turns individuals around, and they serve each other. This is what Paul said. For by grace, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, every one of you individually, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. Do Do the checklist. Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If 
in accordance with your faith, if it is serving, then serve. Go and help somebody. Be like Michael coming every week, serving us. That's why he gets to ring the bell. Wouldn't you be like to be the guy that rang the bell? Serve like Michael. If it is teaching, then teach. I'll let that go since it's me today. <laughs> if it is to encourage, now this is one, one I'm particularly uh, called to, I think. It's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, go and see Mary Beck. This is very, very practical. If it is mercy, show mercy. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Now, don't be discouraged if you saw things. That's a bit rough. Remember the love queen. King, was she a queen? Um, start to do those things, and the feelings will come. Finally, if you're thinking that, oh, actually, if, you, if you've not encountered Jesus yet, and you're thinking, oh, to be a Christian, I have to do all of these things, or actually, doing all of these good things is what makes me a Christian, then just turn to our, our second reading very briefly, and we'll see. that uh, beginning in verse 8. It is by grace you have been saved. It is not by works. Verse 10. But nevertheless, we are created to do good works. The sign of a healthy church, the sign of a church where Christ takes that star and puts it on the lampstand is is a church that does good works. It's not good works that make us good. It's not good works that make us Christians. But if we are Christians and the light of Jesus has shone in our hearts, we will do good works. And if you want the light of Jesus to shine more in your heart, do good works. Do feelings follow? Um, sorry, do actions follow feelings or do feelings follow actions? Remember what John said, both. Thank you. Happy Christmas.